0: Let's say Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, Patrick Sertan, and JC Horn. Who's your number one out of the four of those?
1: This is Bossy Scott, and you listen to the Birds Dancer Podcast.
0: I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen. Do it. Screams from the 80s, got a nice ring to it. I What is going on, Eagles Nation? Welcome back to the Birds Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Loopy. You can find me on Twitter, Matt underscore Loopy, and on Instagram, Matt Loopy11. Make sure you subscribe to the Birds Banter Podcast. We're gonna do. A ton of content after the draft. We've been doing a ton of content leading up to the draft. If you want to check out previous episodes on your favorite podcast platform, we have some positional reviews, and we just recently did last week a full mock draft for the first round, all teams. We did some trades. So make sure you check everything out this week. We're going to cover it's another two part podcast episode. We're going to cover an Eagles full seven-round draft. I'm bringing on Markel Fripp-Owens, and uh, he's been on the podcast a few times. Really excited to have him back on and talk about who the Eagles are going to draft round one, two, all the way to seven. We're going to address the biggest needs on the Eagles football team and bring in some top talents. So make sure you check out um, part one right now and then part two next week. Hope you guys enjoy. Let's get into it. And today, we're going to go through a full Eagles seven-round mock draft. Uh, we'd like to welcome Markel Fripp back onto the podcast. He's been on uh, a few times now, I think two or three times. Happy to have him b- back on. He's an Eagles Nation blogger for PHL Eagles Nation and PHL Sports Nation. Make sure you follow them on Twitter. And you can find him on Twitter and, and Instagram at I know Sports underscore. Markel, welcome back to the Birds Bandit podcast.
1: Thanks, Meg. Of course, always a pleasure to have, being on, man. Always a pleasure.
0: Yeah, exciting to have you back on. and. We get to talk about the draft. Um, Previously, we've done some positional reviews on this podcast, so really just diving into what are the Eagles going to do? We're two weeks out of the draft right now as we record this, so it's going to be really exciting to see what the Eagles do, not only Thursday, but also Friday and Saturday. Um, Markel, before we start the seven-round mock draft, what are the biggest needs that you see for the Eagles right now? Because the way teams are going to be running their, uh, their front offices and their rosters. They want to address their needs during free agency. The Eagles brought in a linebacker and Eric Wilson. They brought in a safety, Anthony Harris, Jordan Howard. You know, they're bringing in playmakers for the immediate needs right now. The draft is more for the future, guys that they want here for five, hopefully 10 years. So right off the bat, what are the biggest needs for the future that you see from this Eagles team?
1: Well, I'm glad that you actually put it the way you, you did because I was just about to mention that when anytime I, I look at draft mock drafts, big boards, anything of that nature, especially when you talk about a particular team, you yeah. never really, really want to go into the draft selecting players for me. Of course, nobody really wants to hear the take the best player available, that niche. Like with the Bengals, with the Bengals at five, if, let's say... Justin Fields falls to five or something of that nature. Of course, the Bengals wouldn't take him because he's the best player available. But still, in the same breath, you you kind of want to give your team the best opportunity to compete in the future. So position position should not really – or positional needs should not really be the first thing in your mind. It more so be positional value. So – and just dating back to the history of the Eagles, you, rose Rosen, more so – You know that the positional value always starts from the trenches, the offensive line and the defensive line. We've heard the Eagles connected to names like Pay recently, which I personally wouldn't think would be such a bad pick. Although if you search Eagles Twitter, it seems like fans just hate it. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but I mean, there's definitely something we can touch on once we get on to the draft.
0: Yeah, definitely. So um, looking at the Eagles, they have a lot of needs right now. There's going to be a lot of players that we're going to talk about for the next you know, 30, 40 minutes, whatever this podcast is going to be, talking about all seven rounds. So we're going to talk about a lot of players. Markel, are there any names that come to mind right now that you're thinking in your mind, the Eagles can't miss? They got to bring in this player right now.
1: Well, initially it was, of course, the, as most of us, the Cow Pitts and mm-hmm. the Jamar Chase's, but As we know, the Eagles trade as fast with the Dolphins, move back, stick fast, recoup the extra first-round pick. So based on where we stand at now, I mean, there isn't really one prospect that sits there that really pulls the board for me. It's like you just have to take that guy. I guess it all depends on how the board falls. Although I would like to say that it depends. Like I just say how the board falls. If the, Eagles, if the Eagles would like to address the cornerback position, they probably should do that early. Mm-hmm. Because as, based on my knowledge of how Jonathan Gannon plans to run his system and their, their preferences on cornerbacks, you probably start to see not so many fall in their direction. Maybe you got our guy, from Syracuse. Sometimes I struggle to say his name. I do I, I let's just call him Melu. I think it's like yeah. Melifons. i just call him Iffy. Like yeah, Iffy. But some a player like him, if they can get their hands on him and like let's say early third round or so, like that'll be a plus because that's definitely the type of guy they're looking for, a long rangey cornerback. But until you get in like the, the later rounds, the rounds where you kind of like taking flyers on players at that point, there aren't many cornerbacks that feel that need once you reach outside the, the initial preference.
0: Yeah, definitely. And if he tested really well as pro day, I know a lot of players did this year, but he's definitely someone to keep in mind. Um, so like you mentioned, the Eagles traded from number six overall to number 12 overall. It was looking like the Eagles were going were gonna to come away with either Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase one of the two and then now going back to 12 there's a lot more possibility we're gonna get this mock draft underway and just see what's gonna fall to the Eagles what decisions we would make if we were in charge and just see what we end up with so we're gonna start this off we're using the draft network uh, mock draft simulator they have a pretty good service over there and um, so right now we're we're on the clock the Eagles right now Um, so you guys can't see this so I'm gonna just Lay and what we see, what players are available. So the top five available, we got Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, Christian Derisol, Micah Parsons, and Elijah Vera Tucker. There's also uh later down the board, Quiddy Pay, um, you know, Aziz Aziz Ojolari. Um, Markel, looking at this board right now, what players interest you the most? So so we we already have the corners off the board, Sertain and Horner off the board, Jalen Waddle's gone. Um, so what are you thinking?
1: Uh, based on the board we see right now, mm, I wouldn't say the Eagles are in too bad a shape. My preference would be probably to come away with Devonta Smith. Me, personally, to the contrary of the popular belief going around, I'm not actually the biggest Devonta Smith guy. Mm-hmm. This isn't a, really a knock on him. I just, this, his profile scares me a little. Just the Agreed. size, And I mean, wow, you can't argue with Production when the numbers that he put up, the Hasman Trophy winning season, playing planted in the SEC. I mean, it is what it is at that point, but it's just something about it that just scares me. But I mean, based on how Nick Seriani has said, has mentioned that he wants to go on about running the offense, well, as he said, no banana routes, man, right? <laughs> so, and you definitely won't get no banana routes from Devonta Smith. That the kid is a route runner, man, a route runner. He does that. To, to the highest exceed he just when I watched the film on him he just seems to always find a hole in the defense yeah. I, mean, I, don't, I think it was this one play against LSU I believe they were playing where it seemed like he was running more so of a drag route right across the middle where where most players would just continue to drag across probably bump into a linebacker two. So he just found a nice little crease but right in between the linebacker and the safety and Mac Jones was able to find them. And, of course, we know how to play in this six for the Crimson Tide. But based on the rest of the board, I mean, as we mentioned, Quitty Pay, it would not surprise me. I, I, I would like to mention that out of the Howie Roseman era, I believe it's been since 2013 when he was first named in charge, right? Him and Chip's first year. Yep. And – of course, there was the one year that he got put out. So that's, what, seven drafts that he's been in charge of out of the eight years, out of the seven drafts that he's been in charge of. Four of them have sort the of Eagles take either an offensive or a defensive, mm-hmm. defensive lineman in the first two rounds. So I expect them to address them, one of them two, mighty early. Now the question is, will it be pay in this, in this aspect? I guess it all depends on how the Eagles feel about DeMonta Smith. I don't know how they will personally feel about Jalen Tucker. I'm a big Jalen, I'm not Jalen Tucker, excuse me, Jalen Phillips. Yeah, I like I'm too. a big Jalen Phillips fan. Big Jalen Phillips fan. Really good hand usage. Knows how to use his hands. Really. Sometimes it seems like he bullies offensive linemen because they don't know how to react because with his quick explosion. He literally puts them in bad positions at, at the snap. But of course, I don't know how they will feel about him given his concussion history. So. I just personally have to go with Devonta Smith. Although, before I, before I go, I'd like to give a big shout-out to Trayvon Morick, big Trayvon Morick fan. I, I've been filling out a lot of those tweets recently that have been going around that say a bunch of your guys in the draft. Mm-hmm. Always always make sure to put him at the top, man. The kid, yeah, he's a, a baller, whoever lands mm-hmm. that kid, man, they're getting a, a versatile guy, whether it's down bottom, I personally would love him in the cover one, cover three schemes up top, just roaming the top. He's a a ball hawk, always around the ball. He just has a feel for his own concepts, man. Whoever gets their hands on that kid, definitely a steal.
0: Yeah, absolutely agree with you. Um, I agree. The way that, that this board fell Devonte Smith would be my number one option. I'm not the biggest fan either. If Jalen Waddle was there, I'd definitely take him over to Devontae Smith. Um, the corners are definitely intriguing, but unfortunately in this mock draft, they are going to the Cowboys and the Giants. So Eagles aren't left with their top picks there at number 12. Uh, we could see a possibility where they want to trade up, and um, you know the Eagles have the flexibility to do so. One player that I want to touch on uh, before we lock in this, Devontae Smith, because I think we're kind of agreed on that. What about Micah Parsons? How do you like him fit in with the Eagles at number 12?
1: Well, aside from the fact that the Eagles haven't selected a linebacker in the first round than the Stone Ages, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't want to necessarily say I'm not a big Michael Parsons fan either because I'm a big fan of what he can do on the football field. The kid is a baller, a hell of a football mm-hmm. player, for sure. My whole thing with Micah is The the off-the-field things. Like I was listening, I I gave a listen to Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah's podcast, Moving the Sticks. And Bucky, who seems like he's pretty lost, he sounds like, well, he's mentioned how he's known Micah since he was a younger kid. And how he mentions how he has some maturity concerns with him. And coming to a city like Philadelphia, in a draft like this in particular, the Eagles can't afford to miss early in the draft. Mm-hmm. So, it's just not a risk I'll be willing to take.
0: Yeah, Micah, it's interesting because he is a great football player. Um, he actually grew up a, about 15 minutes away from me, got kicked out of his original high school, and then transferred mm-hmm. to a high school closer to me. So, there's character issues that go back to high school, and he's had issues at Penn State, um, decided to opt out of the 2020 season, which I think will hurt his stock a little bit. Um, if he played, I think he'd be a bona fide top 10 pick. But yeah. now that he didn't play, we'll see how the how the league addresses um, these players that opted out. It's going to be interesting. But, um, yeah, I agree with you. It's definitely in play there, but I think the Eagles in this situation would take Devontae Smith. So we're going to select him. But Before we go on to round two, I want to ask you, because this might not be how it uh, unfolds for the Eagles. There are some other players that I think that you would be interested in um, from what we've talked about, what I've seen on Twitter. Let's say – Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, Patrick Sertan, and J.C. Horn are all on the board. I doubt all four are on on the board for the Eagles, but who's your number one out of the four of those? J.C. Horn. Agreed. Huge,
1: huge, huge J.C. Horn fan. Now, it gets tricky there because anyone who follows me on Twitter or see me mention them knows that Patrick Sertan is easily my cornerback one in the draft. Like He, his... Technique is just marvelous. You marvel mm-hmm. watching the kid play. Like, he does everything that you're supposed to. There were questions about his athletic background, but then once you saw the test, and I'm sure all of those should, if, if they hadn't secured his spat at CB1, then that's just probably someone nitpicking at this point or looking for something to do because we get bored waiting for the draft. But when you talk about JC Horn, I, I personally feel like he plays the position the way it deserves to be played. Yep the arrogance, how he carries himself, how physical he is. He's not afraid to get up and physical with you at all, man. Like, he reminds me of a Jalen Ramsey-esque, and he isn't quite the prospect Jalen Ramsey was when he came out, but in terms of coverage skills, the Jalen Mills finger wag that we now miss as he's gone to New England, Think the things like that that just embody the city of Philadelphia on top mm-hmm. of his, his frame, the six-one frame and how he's used, it just screams like I mentioned earlier, Jonathan Gannon. It's just a Jonathan Gannon type of guy. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that was personally picked.
0: Yeah, it's funny you say that because Jalen Ramsey even said that JC is the number one corner in this draft. So that's some high praise. But uh we're gonna lock in Devontae Smith right now. Not the ideal pick in my opinion, but um Eagles are getting some good value and the Heisman Trophy winner. So there's not going to be many upset fans. We're going to move on to round two. um, The Eagles are going to still get a lot of value because they're picking at number 37 overall. There's going to be some first-round talent uh, dropping into the second round. It happens all the time. There's about 10 players at the end of the first round that could go first round. They could go second round. So we're going to see what we got here. Um, The top five players, or top four, uh, we're going to go with Javante Williams, Eric Stokes, Nick Bolton, um, Liam Eichenberg, some other players that might be interesting. Aaron Browning, linebacker from Ohio State. Um, Kelvin Joseph, corner from Kentucky. So, here's where the Eagles could start to try to build through the trenches, like you said. Get those offensive cool. linemen. We got Creed Humphrey on the board. Wyatt Davis, both interior offensive linemen that are very good, um, could fill the need in the future. What do you think of right now, Markel?
1: We got a pretty interesting board right here. Some really good players available. I'm um, a huge Nick Bolton fan. That Nick Bolton is a rocket when you watch mm-hmm. him on film. He just explodes, man. He sees ball and goes to get ball. You just, if you don't have fun watching that film, are you really a football fan at that point? Because he is the epitome of. I don't want to say what the linebacker position is because, of course, nowadays it's trending towards a different position, more so the coverage and things like that. But in terms of ball stoppers, yeah, I don't think it gets much better than Nick Bolton in this draft class. Um, Eric Stokes, I'm not a big fan of many of the Georgia cornerbacks. Eric Stokes, Tyson Campbell. I do like D.J. Daniels, who we might be able to touch on a little later in the draft, mm-hmm. depends on how the board falls. But, of course, the other two would probably get more praise or rank a little higher based on their athletic profiles. They tested really crazy this year. but both of yeah. up really crazy. But, I mean, they get really handsy at the point, like, when the ball is in the air. I think they panic a lot. And as an Eagles fan, I've seen way too many years of the ball flying over our heads or – you getting there and you been there, you're just not turning around and looking for the ball. And then there's 15-yard penalty, passing the something like that. And I feel like that's what a guy like Eric Stokes has to offer. I don't think they the Eagles would get Javonta Williams because Miles Sanders, of course, as you mentioned, they brought back Jordan Howard. I mean, maybe they'll be interested in another
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree, back. but they were also interested in, uh, who was it, J.K. Dobbins last year in the second round. So... Never know.
1: Yeah. But, I i mean, I personally felt that J.K. Dobbins was easily running back one last year. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think you're getting the same. There might be some people that feel that Javante Williams is running back one, but I'm just not aboard that class. I, don't, I mean, you get a really talented player. Whoever gets him is coming away with something good. But I don't think this is where the Eagles will probably want to come away with someone of that nature at this point. Now – I also posed the question on Twitter. It's funny that you asked me the thing about J.C. Horn, because I posed the question on Twitter, and anybody who knows me knows that just about every mock draft I've done for the Eagles in the second round, they go, they're go they going interior offensive line. It's just all about who's available. But, and let's just say 85% of the ones that I've done, Cree Humphrey was the pick. And on Twitter, I asked fans, if your first two picks are J.C. Horn, and Cree Humphrey, as Eagles fans, how are you feeling? I even had the chance to ask that to the Draft Network's own Jordan Reed during the conversation I had with him. And he said that as a, as a look from the outside looking there, it's, Eagles fans should be stoked for that. Because, I mean, obviously, like we mentioned about J.C., the fit between him and Gannon, but no one truly knows what the future holds for Jason Kelsey. And when you look at Cree Humphrey and his athletic testing, I mean, it doesn't really get much closer. Between the two, but what do you think if the Eagles came away with them too? How would you feel
0: personally? I'd be very happy. I mean, I think a lot of people are so caught up with you need wide receiver, but the Eagles are in an interesting situation this year because I personally am a big believer that Doug Peterson didn't get the most out of this offense and the wide receivers as a whole. So, you got guys like Jalen Rager uh John Hightower Quez Watkins these second round receivers who haven't even haven't even scratched their potential so you're getting a whole new group of coaches coming in who are gonna you know work up the uh coach up these wide receivers help them out a lot so drafting receiver first round isn't top priority if the corners are there I'm taking corner 100 percent Eagles can't line up right now week one with what they have it's Darius Slay, Avante Maddox is average in the slot, and that's all they have. So it, the corner is the biggest need. Um, and they haven't addressed it in free agency, so you got to do it in the draft. So into your offensive line is definitely an important position to address because um you you mentioned Jason Kelsey, but also Brandon Brooks. I mean, he's suffered with injuries the past couple seasons. He's getting up there in age. He might not even finish out his contract, so You got to make sure you have the pieces uh, for the future. So I agree if the board fell this way. So for again, for you guys who can't see the biggest names that the Eagles would probably be interested in Eric Stokes, Nick Bolton, um, Creed Humphrey, Wyatt Davis, and maybe Kelvin Joseph if they didn't get their cornerback in the first round. Um, And then you start dipping down a little bit in skill level. Um, But I agree. I would go Creed Davis or uh, Creed Humphrey. Sorry. You want to lock that in?
1: Yeah, we can lock that in, but I do have to pose a question for you, yep. though. I'm a, um, I'm a big Ohio State guy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Been following him for a while. And Baron Browning, that's an interesting one to me. I, I'm Obviously, Holly Roseman has mentioned before how basically he or the team just doesn't value the linebacker position. It's something right. that they think they can feel later down the line. Now, do you think that Based on the fan base's cries and the production that they saw they got from the position over the last few seasons will open his eyes. I don't know. But. We when I was just touching on Nick, went on Nick Bolton and I was saying how he's the rocket, but not necessarily the modern day linebacker. That's Baron Browning right there. Mm -hmm. You need a line. You need a tight end covered. That's your guy. Yeah, he he's pretty good in zone. He could use some work, but he's pretty good, especially for at this point in his career. But what would you think the chances are that the Eagles would get that out of consideration?
0: Yeah, I like Browning a lot. I like Bolden as well. Um, I would say in the second round, I'd give them like a because there are some good names out here right now with linebackers. And keep in mind, um, he might go first round, but 34 overall, Zaven Collins went to the Jets, and Zaven Collins is my favorite linebacker. In this draft class i think he's a stud if the eagles really want to target him then you can maybe trade up maybe the end of the first round or the a little bit earlier in the second so there are some good talented linebackers right here at this spot i would say about a 25 percent chance um just because you sign eric wilson he's going to start no question about it alex singleton had a great season last year um only played about half the season so he's going to step into a bigger role and then after that you got to hope that Davion Taylor is going to step into a bigger role as well. Um, use that first year of development. And then there's not many players left after that, but you have your two linebackers in Singleton and Eric Wilson that you can start week one. And if they stay healthy, they're going to be the stars for the rest of the season. So I don't think a starting linebacker is as pressing maybe in rounds three, four five, you can target a linebacker and try to get somebody that you can build the future depth chart with, um, but I do like these names. They are intriguing. I just think from the future standpoint and trying to build a team that's going to be successful for years to come, you got to go O line right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, just Eagles. You can you can lock them in. Just okay. Eagles. A sad question for us right quick is Xavier Collins your your favorite linebacker? Because you don't view Jeremiah Jeremiah Musa Komoa as a linebacker? Or is it just your favorite period?
0: Yeah, so I do view him as a linebacker. um, And I like him a lot, too. I think the linebackers are really solid this year, especially in the first round. Those three guys, including Michael Parsons. Um, But the way I see it is Parsons, he's a rusher. Um, If he goes to a 34 defense, he's going to be rushing the passer. He's going to be stuffing the run. He's not going to be dropping into coverage. Jeremiah is pretty much the opposite. He's going to be dropping into coverage. He excels at that. Steven Collins is like a hybrid of both, and I think he's the best one in this draft class that can do both at the same time. So that's why I like him a lot. I think he would fit the Eagles a lot because the Eagles linebacker position isn't set up right now where they just can point at Micah Parsons and say, We need a linebacker that can rush the passer. Now we're set. Zayvon Collins is someone that could step in and do it all for you and be that um, you know starting linebacker for years to come. Doesn't mean that Micah or Jeremiah couldn't. It just means that I've I value him more because he could do more on the football field. So we're gonna get into round three right now. The Eagles are picking at number seventy overall. And uh, Markel and I aren't going to do any trades right now. That's going to that would get kind of hectic. But we can point out if there are players that went before or if we don't like the uh, board right now, we could say now here's what the Eagles might trade back. But at number 70, um, we do have Jabril Cox. If the Eagles want to go linebacker now, the linebacker from LSU that Eagles fans are really obsessed with a couple of months ago. Um, Not sure. I mean, I I think he's decent. I don't know why everybody was going crazy over him, but Jabril Cox could be the pick there. Um, Other than that, there's some tight ends on the board. We got Amonra St. Brown, a wide receiver from USC, who I like a lot. Tylen Wallace, another wide receiver. Um, Pete Werner, a linebacker from Ohio State. Um, Iffy, he's coming up now, the cornerback from Syracuse, who we talked about. Um, Mm -hmm. Markel, what are you thinking right now? Round three.
1: Round three, we got a lot of guys on the board that I, this is where you get down to, we get close to the nitty-gritty of the draft, we you're getting on the guys where you're going to have to start doing some work, or you had to be a legit college football fan of like some of these guys, yep. like Brevin' Jordan, I had to get a mention them on Brevin' Jordan, if, if there are any Eagles fans out there who are disappointed that you didn't land Kyle Pitts, and I'm not saying that Brevin' Jordan is Kyle Pitts, I want, more so Kyle Pitts-like. Like, Like I like comparing it to the situation at safety last year where you had everybody clamoring over Isaiah Simmons. But if you didn't get your hands on Isaiah Simmons, there was always the Jeremy Chins or the Kyle Duggars available, something of a similar mode. I think that that would be the case here with Brevin. Elite athlete, man. Elite athlete could be used as a receiver and make a difference as a receiver. Now, we've heard the Eagles touch on continue to use well, Sirianni. Touch on continuing to use twelve personnel. He sounds interested on it. Now he also mentioned how you have to build with the roster that you got in front of you. So I don't know if they are dying to land another tight end, especially with I, I believe the return of Rich Rod, a couple other guys, but. It's like, Brevin would be a very interesting name. Should they want to continue that? Because he would offer Dallas the opportunity to continue his inline formation Mm -hmm. as the blocker and majority across the middle. Do you have people that are big fans of Elijah Moten? I understand why Washington, yes, you can make the argument that out of the LSU, the Ohio States and stuff, some people say Washington deserved their name in there in terms of the DBU because their secondary is always near or at the top of the league, I mean, other country. Now, he, he is another one of them guys that could possibly fit in, a little taller, but he's not right. I don't want to say athletically gifted. Like, he could have tested a little better, for lack of a better term. You got you got, as you mentioned, Amon Ra, I'm a big Amon Ra guy. Mm-hmm. I think that if had we not taken Devonta earlier, he would probably be a pick. Yep. I usually pick him around this time in a lot of my mock drafts. I think Mick Sirian, especially if he had a chance to see this, his yeah. eyes would probably light up given the chance that he had the work he was able to do with Michael Pittman last year with the coats, given healthy. now he gets the chance to get basically Michael Pittman's replacement when he was at school. So um, of course, as I mentioned, Tyson Campbell, not really a big fan. Cancer Rats is an interesting name, man. A really interesting name because he he's barely scratching the surface on what he can become as a linebacker, given that he just switched over to the position a few years ago from playing quarterback. And even then, like, he just seems to improve yearly. The first year he was – Pretty good as a run stuffer, but wasn't the best in coverage. He made a, a pat to his coach and to himself that he was going to improve heading in the pass coverage. And this past season, he definitely improved the pass coverage. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not saying that he's an Xavier Collins or Jabril Cox. That's probably why fans are big fans, because he's arguably the best pass coverage linebacker yeah. in this class. So yep. we'll touch on that later. But he certainly has room to grow and if he has if he finds a coaching staff that's willing to be patient with him he has the opportunity to become maybe the biggest steal in terms of that position in his class Chase rats now based on who we've selected already i'd probably be more so on a real just because the eagles seem like we're well, not necessarily even Gannon. When you think Gannon, you just think his background. You think – I'm not really a, a, a big guy at a coach's defensive coordinator's name. I don't really know how to say it. It's like Matt Ephesius or something like that. Mm-hmm. uh You think him. You think Mike Zimmer. All of them come from the same pipeline. You think those linebackers right there, those are coverage linebackers. Eric Kendricks, the guys that you deploy in – a, a numerous of ways you like to blitz them, but when it's third down or you need a money play and you look at the film, them linebackers are in coverage. Yeah. And that's what the Eagles are going we'll to be getting if they selected Jabril Cox.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And um, the four names that pop out to me right now, number one, Jabril Cox, I think he's good value here at round number three. Um, earlier in the year, I saw a lot of people Talking maybe round two conversations. That's where I was kind of drawing the line. And I was thinking, no, round three uh would be good value. Maybe even pick at pick eighty-four would be some better value there. But um so Jabril Cox would be an option for me. I do like Iffy a lot, cornerback from Syracuse, who we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. Um Peyton Turner, I like him out of Houston. I think he's a good defensive end, but I think there is a lot more value later in the draft with defensive ends and interior defensive linemen. So the Eagles don't really need to target that right now. And um, another player I want to bring up who was selected, similar to what happened with Collins uh, last round, Richie Grant, safety from UCF, big fan of his. Oh, yes. um, Could be a trade-up because the Eagles need safeties for the future. That's a a big need.
1: Actually, I'm glad you brought up Richie. I meant to bring him up. So earlier today, prior – I came on I was doing my still going on my little research on about the draft prospects and to check in on Richie, I asked our colleague over at the field Eagles nation, Quentin Rodriguez, who is actually pretty plugged in when it mm-hmm. comes to the things that are going on at UCF. And I asked him basically just to give me a rundown on him, his character, him as a prospect. And basically High level guy, man. I think he'd be one of them guys that fit right into the Philadelphia community. He was telling me about how he stayed, like he showed up at their, at their um spring game yesterday and basically just drove the sideline, stayed after to take pictures with literally every single person that waited there for him to, to awesome. meet him, had 30-second conversations. Like it was just really, really cool, honestly, man. So when I heard that, it was like, Pretty cool kid. When you match mm-hmm. that, his character along with his play style, he's arguably the most complete safety in this class. With how I, I mentioned I'm a big fan of Morick. Morick is pretty good in terms of the blitz, but I would prefer him deep in coverage. That's where he excels yeah. at versus Grant. I mean, yeah, he excels in coverage, but he's a monster down low. Mm-hmm. Like the, You can make the argument that he is a box safety. Yeah. So definitely would be someone the Eagles should give a look at.
0: Yeah, definitely could uh, trade up, you know, got two picks in the third round and could go up a couple of picks. We saw him land at number 66 overall. Eagles are picking at 70. Um, but I think the Eagles could right now be drafting a linebacker in a third round, second year in a row with Jabril Cox. How do you feel about that?
1: I really want to, My head is saying yes, because the Eagles need this. Like, how much longer are we going to continue to push off the position without addressing it, like, addressing it without a Band-Aid player, for lack of a better term? And the same breath, I mean, we've mentioned how cornerback is a huge need. That is true. They haven't addressed it yet. And when you think about Washington signing Curtis Samu now, you got Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samu. Of course we know about. The big three over there in Dallas.
0: Kenny Gall Day.
1: I hadn't even gotten to Kenny yet. Like <laughs> the division is flooded with wide receivers. And right now we just have Darius Slade. That's yeah. one against five. That's not really a good, math. So, I mean, it will probably come down to Jabril or Iffy to me. I'm not sure exactly based on my knowledge of positional value you probably take the cornerback over the linebacker because you always need more guys that can cover.
0: Yeah, no, that's actually but. a great point. Um, I kind of forgot that we didn't take a corner yet. So right now we just have Devontae Smith and Creed Humphrey. So yeah, I agree with you. You, uh, you talked to me into it. Let's, let's take iffy right now. I think that's much better value and we'll see if at number 84, we can get a linebacker then. So the Eagles finally get their corner Um, if he would probably be looking to start week one. And uh, it's still some development to go. But um, later in the third round, we're on the board again. Still some great players on the board. We still have Amandre St. Brown, uh, Chaz Surratt. We also have, um, you know, Trey Sermon, if the Eagles want to bolster the running back position. He had a lot of success at Ohio State. And uh, yeah, looking at the board, Markel, who are some players that stand out to you at number 84?
1: Yeah, as you mentioned, Trey Sermon who really came on in the season at Ohio State, man. And I think I saw somewhere that he had like over 3000 something yards in his career combined at Ohio State and Oklahoma. So obviously a productive runner. He does he still has some tread on the tires because for the most part he was in a committee during his time at Ohio both Ohio State and Oklahoma. So the fact that you was getting a lot of production out of him and not really getting the usage that you would think out of a primary back is a really good factor. Um, an interesting one here is Trey Smith. We were, we went offensive interior offensive line earlier. Now granted, that's all dependent on how you view Creed Humphrey. I personally view Creed Humphrey as a center. He can play guard, but I view him as a center, the person who could obviously be the heir apparent to Jason Kelsey, but as you mentioned, the Eagles still have Brandon Brooks to worry about, and I'm not saying that Trey Smith is a Brandon Brooks. He's obviously not as mobile as Brandon Brooks, but who is? That guy's a freak,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but I mean, Trey, that man, I like to say that he should – get a sponsorship from IHOP, the way he dropped pancakes off <laughs> out there. He like, like, I like that. You just love, you get, he's not super agile or super mobile, but you get him on the move or you get, you just don't want to get in his way. If it's you, whether it's linebacker or cornerback, anybody that's not one of the big guys up front that's in his way, his eyes light up. Mm-hmm. If they love to use them with screen passes, getting them out front, man. And he's just massive, a mauler, man, a mauler. I think he Philly really would love him, would love him. Expect I think Miles Sanders would love him, would open up some holes for the kid, man. But as I also mentioned on Chester the Rat earlier. Now it depends on, like I said, the team would have the team that takes a flyer on him will have to be willing to take to be patient with him. You're gonna have a good productive player in year one but you're also gonna have a player that makes rookie mistakes, might often get caught out of position because he's still learning on the fly at this point. Yep. But at some point you it's, you might be able to come away with a quality gap. Mm. You got some people that mentioned Kellen Mond, just because they know, I, I, I can understand. We are the quarterback factory, right? <laughs> And I do, I will, I do expect Holly Roseman to take a quarterback at some point in time in yeah, the draft. Now, I, I don't, I pray that it's not as early as the last time we were in this position. Mm-hmm. But I do think that it would be nice for the Eagles to get their hands on a development like quarterback. They seem to like love them kind of guys. Kyle Lohner, like, they seem like they didn't work out for him.
0: Nate Subfield
1: for a while up until this year where they finally let him walk. Like a guy that they can mold. They're in the building suit. So, I guess an emergency quarterback, for lack of a better term. Yeah, if that's I a good had point. They're,
0: a, they're definitely drafting the quarterback. That's for sure.
1: If I had to pick a player to this pick, it would probably either be Smith or Serratt at this point.
0: Okay. Um. So yeah, we got some some similarity here. My two picks would be Surratt or Trey Sermon. Um. Sermon's a little outside the box because the Eagles have Miles Sanders. And Trey Sermon would be the north-south runner, more of a power back, um, exactly what he did at Ohio State. And people might say, oh, the Eagles just signed Jordan Howard. That's not relevant to me. Um, Jordan Howard, I think, averaged less than two yards per carry last year. Um, his time in Miami was awful. Didn't really get on the field with the Eagles. So he's not the running back he used to be. He had some success early in his career. His stint with the Eagles back in 2019 was solid, but um, ended up getting injured, missed about half the season. So running back is definitely in play earlier in the draft, um, as early as round three, I believe. So um, I would go either Sermon or Surratt. Uh, I do think Trey Smith would be a great player. I think right now the Eagles, in their first four picks, I doubt that they would take two interior offensive linemen just because there's so many needs across the board. But definitely someone to keep in mind if they don't take Creed Humphrey in the second. So let's go with Chad Surratt. Uh, so we got some similarity there. And the Eagles finally addressed the linebacker in this draft. So right now, we're sitting with Devontae Smith, wide receiver from Alabama, Creed Humphrey, interior offensive lineman from Oklahoma. And then the third round picks, we had uh, Iffy from Syracuse and Chad Surratt, the linebacker from North Carolina. So the Eagles are filling out their needs, um, getting better on the offense and defense. As we head into round four all right and that is going to conclude the first part of the eagles seven round mock draft podcast episode we went through rounds one two and three the eagles had four selections in those rounds so brought on some four playmakers hope you guys enjoy the picks we're gonna uh, cover rounds four through seven next week Um, drop it on tuesday so make sure you subscribe to the birds banter podcast to make sure you're ready to hear all of the content coming next week in the birds banter podcast and talking about the draft we're coming up very close next weekend, so looking forward to Tuesday, Friday, or Thursday, Friday and Saturday next week. See what the Eagles come away with. But before we wrap up this podcast, I want to remind you guys that the Birds Bandra podcast is sponsored by Manscaped, the global leader in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped opera- offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and is now available in the USA, Canada, the UK, Australia, New Zealand, and the EU. We have an exclusive offer for our audience. Use code PHL to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Join the movement and the 2 million men who trust Manscaped. Did you know that one guy every hour, every day, is diagnosed with testicular cancer? So this is a reminder to all men listening to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Manscaped, in addition to providing the right tools and solutions for safe and easy manscaping, has partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to spread awareness for men's health and early cancer detection. Together, T- TCS and Manscapes are committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men's age 15 to 35, and giving support for fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer as a part of We Save Balls initiative. While you're down there cleaning your sack, why not go ahead and give a little investigation for lumps, changes in size, or any pain? I think we can all agree it's pretty fun <laughs> playing with your balls anyways manscape recommends that you check yourself once a month if you have any lumps swelling give your doctor a call in addition to checking yourselves regularly you want to make sure that your sack is looking fresh and clean with manscaped's perfect package 3.0 inside the perfect package you'll find products and liquid formulations that have been developed to turn your bathroom into a salon for your balls all liquid formulations use the best ingredients some of these liquid ingredients include the crop preserver as an anti-chafing ball deodorant for your balls. The Crop Reviver has a spray-on-ball toner and refresher. The Perfect Package 3.0 also includes anti-chafing performance boxers that keep your package cool and fresh. Join the Manscaped movement and start taking care of your balls today. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. That is 20% off and free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. All right, I appreciate all you guys. Make sure you follow us on social media, Birds Banter on Twitter, Birds Banter PHL on Instagram, and we will see you next week. Go Birds.